0: everyone. While we continue on our hiatus, today we're re-releasing one of my personal favorite episodes, a look at the celebrity sex tape from Paris Hilton's to Rob Lowe's. Now, as we discussed in the episode, these are pretty much a thing of the past. That's largely because everyone's got tighter publicity teams now. And if there is a leak, it's usually on purpose. You didn't hear that from me. There is one little update in the world of Kim Kardashian, though, who can forget her 2007 tape with ex-Ray J that pretty much launched her career. He's currently on a spotlight-seeking mission to let everyone know her momager Kris Jenner actually orchestrated the entire thing and even chose between multiple versions and asked them to film a backup. Allegedly. In a recent episode of her family reality show, though, Kanye, Kim's other ex, snaps his computer with any possible footage. Kim makes it clear, too, there's no unreleased footage anywhere out there and that she'll sue and burn anyone who attempts to leak it. You've been warned. Enjoy the episode.
1: You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production.
0: He's in the building! Drink the moment. Drink
1: it. I said empty your mind. Coquettish and coy.
0: Ow? Ow. What? Yeah, but there's people that are dying. The wickedly talented, more than great. It was historic.
1: <laughs> Crack is a- Oh good for you. I have to apologize. One of the hottest
2: Hello, and welcome back to The Reheat, a podcast that reexamines the hottest celebrity news and scandals of yesteryear and asks, how would we react to the same events if they'd transpired today? I'm your co-host, Sarah Sahagian.
0: And I'm Sadaf Hassan. And in this week's episode, we are going to dive hard and deep into the world of celebrity sex tapes. I also promise to leave the innuendos there, mostly. Now, if you are a living, breathing human, then you are aware that pornography exists. And if you've ever had access to internet, chances are you've also looked up the occasional sex tape and given it a little bit of a cute little glance. There was a bit of a golden era when it came to celebrity sex tapes that lasted from the late 80s. All the way to Y2K. And it included everyone from Rob Lowe to Paris Hilton to Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee. And it was a, shall we say, raw and unfiltered time. That suggested a strong fascination for voyeurism. One that perhaps felt innocent solely because celebrities already have pedestals and are in front of the public eye. We already see them on red carpets. We even see them making out on screen, sometimes even simulating sex. So is a sex tape really taking it that much further? Sarah, I ask you. I would say
2: yes. And I don't want to shame anybody who consensually made a sex tape if that is something that they wanted to do and they were of age and their partner was of age. But yeah, I think that when we see celebrities in love scenes, like uh, on some level, we do know it's it's not real and it is acting um, so, the purported authenticity of a sex tape makes it different. It, it's just like it the difference between a documentary film and a Hollywood blockbuster. I mean, they're both on celluloid, but they make you feel different things. And one is supposed to be real, uh, it's supposed to be an accurate reflection of the world that you live in or of the lives the people it's telling you about. Uh, and I I mean, I know sex tapes are not documentary films. For some
0: people, they might be.
2: (laughs) They might be. Uh, What I'm trying to say is, no, I do think that they are different. I think there are lots of reasons they're different. They're supposed to be a look behind the curtain to people's lives, Mm -hmm. and that's why they're often so violating because usually celebrities in question have not consented to them being available for public consumption.
0: Yeah, I think so much of it comes down to intention. I mean, you have regular films, TV shows. Those are meant for the public. And then you have a personal sex tape, which is personal. And with somebody that they're actually with in real mm-hmm. life, it's two very different ball games. Um, Yeah, and I—so did you have a favorite celebrity sex tape of the era? I didn't really watch them. So I
2: saw snippets of the Kim Kardashian one at a party, which mm. I— you know, explained in our Kardashians episode. And it made me feel deeply uncomfortable. I was in university. I had been drinking. It was someone else's idea to put it on. Um, I think at the time, I didn't have the vocabulary to explain that I it felt like revenge porn to me because we weren't talking about that. Mm. And that made me deeply uncomfortable. And I kind of left the room at one point. I made up an excuse because part of being like a cool person in this era was that you were supposed to think celebrity sex tapes were funny. Yeah. um, And to enjoy them. Yes. Um, And and this was around the time of the rise of reality TV. And I think we conflated Mm -hmm. sex tapes with reality
0: TV. And the thing is, they are different. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the only thing that I would add is I strongly recommend, if anybody is interested, Colin Farrell's. He is a very generous lover. That is what I learned from that day. <laughs> It's interesting information. Now, before we get any further, and Sarah already alluded to this, I do want to say sex tapes are a totally fine and cool thing to do so long as all parties involved are of age aware of what's happening, and the sex is consensual. We do not shame sex tapes. That is your business. And I think if everybody agreeing to it is sharing the said tape, then share said tape. Everyone does that, not just celebrities. But of course, as celebrity scandals tend to go, part of what made this era so salacious is that the actual consenting to the act and selling of the resultant sex tape wasn't always something that went as smoothly as any given business deal. By the time these tapes surfaced and spread across the internet and made their way onto the shelves in that curtained era at the back of your local blockbuster, you know the one, rest in peace, they often had the label of leaked, which probably wasn't always truthful because who wants to admit they purposely shot a sex tape and then released it for the world to see just for kicks? Or... You know dollars. In that time period, however, the celebrity publicity machine was not as slick and streamlined as it is today, and people were not too shy to resort to whatever measures possible to ensure they found fame. Consider, for example, Amy Fisher, aka Long Island Lolita, who is ironically still best known for, at seventeen years old, shooting the wife of her lover Joey Buttafuoco. I strongly recommend looking it up; it's very interesting. She made a series of sex tapes, hoping to rebrand her image, and then. And there was Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Screech, who honored us with the last thing we might ever wish for, his very own sex tape. It was called, and I am so sorry to have to tell you this, Screeched, Saved by the Smell. That's not appealing. I don't know what could be. Interview <laughs> With Oprah, years later, he admitted it was a publicity stunt to regain some notoriety, even claiming he used a body double and that he didn't make a fraction of what he'd hoped to did this man have no friends to kind of kindly tell him <laughs> this was a really bad idea? Um, and then we also had Doll, the very famous pro wrestling star um, who had a little bit of a tragic end. She released her own amateur tape with her husband, which actually did give her a little bit of a career boost and it helped her land VH1's The Surreal Life. And I don't know if anybody remembers that. It was terrible, but I loved it. So I do consider that a career boost. Um, Sarah, knowing that sex tapes can make nobodies into somebody's, though maybe not any of the nobodies I just mentioned. What do you think it takes to make the perfect sex tape? One that actually serves as a media lightning rod? I think it has less to do with the actual content of the tape than
2: the people who are creating them. So I think you have, if you want to be successful doing this, um, we know from history that we have this kind of voyeuristic, curient fascination with delisters as a society. And I think in part, it's because people enjoy laughing at them and taking them down a peg. Um, they already oftentimes feel like they're very thirsty um, and desperately trying to be successful. And we as a society hate nothing more than a person who works hard and tries. And that sucks, but it's, mm. it's true. Yeah. Um, so somebody like yeah. a Kim Kardashian or a Paris Hilton, like people who were from families where there was a certain amount of notoriety. I mean, Kim Kardashian, her father, had been one of O.J. Simpson's attorneys, so you knew the name. She was Paris Hilton's best friend, so you were already a little familiar with her. Same thing with Paris Hilton. She was from a very wealthy family, and I think it was kind of a case of people enjoying the process of taking the princess off the pedestal. But I think there was this fascination because we love nothing more than to bully and objectify beautiful young women, especially, you know, in our society, beautiful young women that we perceive to have an advantage in life. They were both wealthy. So I think there was this certain amount of schadenfreude. I, I never pronounced that correctly, but I, I think we wanted the, in a misogynistic way to take down these privileged young people. And that's why those tapes became so iconic. And then with Pam and Tommy, who also had that sex tape, I mean, that just they were beloved celebrities, right? So people wanted to, to see them together. They were beloved as a couple. They are beloved independently. Every celebrity sex tape is, is so different, why it becomes popular and why people want to see it. So sometimes it can be because the person is so famous, like Pamela, that you desperately want to see her. You want to objectify her. And sometimes it can be that they're not famous and that you feel like they're a try-hard nobody and you want to laugh at them, like Kim or Paris, But, I mean, Kim and Paris had the last laugh because they definitely became more famous after the sex tapes.
0: Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. I think it's totally just about who you're going to be watching and seeing them take off their clothes. Let's be real. I don't think a lot of people who are watching these are doing it. For any other reason, really, than that. And you know, the other thing that I wonder about is how did adult film stars feel about it at the time? Because again, this was really like this solid 10 year block where there were a lot of these tapes and they were doing pretty well. And I almost kind of wonder if they were a little bit pissed that, you know, this is their area. They're skilled at this, mm-hmm. this is what they do, they're paid to do it, they know how the business works. And here come in these celebrities who just like, shoot out whatever they did at home the night before. And there's really no effort into it. There's no production value. (laughs) Um, I do kind of wonder where they stand with all of that and what their thoughts were. What do you think, Sarah?
2: Yeah, I would understand if they felt uh, perturbed about this trend. I mean, anytime you are a professional in an industry and someone comes in who hasn't done the work, who doesn't have the training, who produces an inferior product and they somehow become more successful than you it's infuriating so i feel like people who were in the sex work industry like would be well within their rights to be a bit uh miffed about this trend and like these tapes there's no paying attention to a plot or lighting or dialogue or anything like the production values are low plot what plot Yeah, exactly. If we are to believe that they are all leaked by accident and not intended for for public consumption, they're not putting any
0: forethought into what makes something watchable for the public. That's for sure. Yeah. So when you are of a lesser Hollywood cast, you are evidently more likely to just admit your ploy and go all in. But for the most part, like you said, celebs have a tendency to say they knew nothing about their tapes leak, which would even go so far as to sue and then enjoy the financial spoils. I mean, really, at that point, what else are you going to do? But the industry Uh. belief is that it is very rarely an an accident and almost always a publicity boon. Take, for example, what has long been considered the greatest celebrity sex tape of all time, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lees. Now, those two are legends, and I will not hear otherwise, and their cinematic (laughs) exploits are what I dare say created an art out of exhibitionism. It was fun. It was wild. It was them. It was beloved. And it's definitely still circulating the internet today. At the time when the two shot it, it was 1995. It was their honeymoon. The internet was officially a thing. And so were video cameras. So it was more accessible than those before it. Pam was a B-list actress known for home improvement of all things and Baywatch, (laughs) which is a fascinating combo that probably made a lot of dads happy. And of course, Playboy. And Tommy was a member of Motley Crue. Actually, they probably both did a lot for dads in that decade. (laughs) Together, Mm -hmm. they were beautiful. They were crazy. And their sex tape was like lighting a match. Suddenly, they were big bigger tabloid stars than ever. It was true infamy, which they didn't even need and also didn't want, by the way. As the story goes, it was stolen from their home by an electrician, of all things. was mm-hmm. sued, but the two decided they didn't want to be in a lengthy legal battle over it as it had already been distributed far and wide. So the tape stayed online because the internet is forever. Mm -hmm. According to a recent Rolling Stone deep dive, the tape made a whopping $77 million in less than a year. Like a Pixar movie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. So (laughs) Pam and Tommy did not see a dollar of that, by the way. That is how much people live for this shit and why it's worth evaluating. But we may not talk about these things out loud. We do partake in them as sexual tab those go i even found one hilarious youtube comment on an old interview with tommy where someone said they got their first computer virus trying to find the tape way back when <laughs> i mean that's nostalgia right mm-hmm. there. <laughs> Then we have Kim Kardashian and Ray J's sex tape, which Sarah mentioned earlier, um, and we also touched briefly on in our Kardashians episode, which you should totally go back and listen to if you haven't already. Now, their tape was long rumored to have been a publicity stunt, though Kim has always adamantly denied it, and we believe her. It was released by porn company Vivid Entertainment in 2007, and while Kim initially sued to stop the release, she settled for a rumored $5 million, and it unmistakably launched her career. As for Ray J, who seemed likely to be the one who leaked it. Allegedly, we have no clue where he is. Brandy's little brother is, however, taking in royalties, with their tape having outranked Pam and Tommy's as the biggest selling sex tape of all time as of 2014. That is power. According to TMZ, which I hate to say is rarely wrong, their tape pulled in over $100 million since its release, and its sales spike each time Kim's in the tabloids, including when she married and divorced Chris Humphreys, when there were rumors she was dating Kanye and then actually married him when she covered paper magazine nearly nude and that time she was robbed in paris her net worth alone though is considered to be around the 64 million dollar mark while regis is at a paltry six million dollars so i guess she did him a favor now as i noted previously a big part of the reason we've grown increasingly desensitized and less horrified by things like sex tapes and the all the ways people sell themselves online is because the internet has become so big and so far-reaching. Everyone is super accessible at all times. Once something like a nude photo or sex tape hits one web page, it could be deleted the next day, but it can also be copied a million times and it can exist anywhere that would be impossible to locate. And you know, quote unquote, erase. There's no such mm-hmm. thing as erase on the Internet. Um, and that is also clearly objectionable. But because the Internet is essentially a free space, the lines blur between what is wrong and what feels easy. It's sort of like that terrible 90s commercial about piracy. I don't know if you remember it, Sarah, where they compare stealing a car to downloading music, yes. which looks to that great meme declaring you wouldn't download a car Yes, we would. Yes, we would. I I would. (laughs) We would do it about 10 times or more. Another piece to this is that famous people are already not entirely their own entities. As we've discussed in Mm -hmm. previous episodes, when fans are granted a certain accessibility, they naturally come to expect more and more from knowing every detail about your personal life to maybe clicking onto that nude photo leak. But when we consider these sex tapes, for example, Pam and Tommy's, it seems pretty clear it was meant to be just for them. I mean, it was their honeymoon. The title of the sold tape even reads Pam and Tommy Stolen Honeymoon. But once mm-hmm, it was released mm-hmm. to the world, it was no longer theirs, figuratively and literally. According to a recent story by The Cut, one court even ruled that, quote, because they had talked to journalists about their sex life in the past, coverage of the tape was deemed newsworthy and a matter of public interest. I mean, that's absurd. <laughs> and the running story that they did on purpose grew and grew, making it harder to believe that it was actually stolen. Now, Sarah, I have a serious question for you. Would you download a car?
2: Like, once 3D printing becomes advanced enough that we can just make whatever we want in our homes, like, yeah, yeah, I am, I do not have enough self-control to avoid
0: doing things like
2: that, whether
0: or not I'm paying for it. I mean, absolutely. And I think what's so interesting about all of this, do you remember in 2014 when those iCloud celebrity photos came out and they were all nude photos and they were a series of mm-hmm. pretty A-list female celebrities? And yeah, it was even called the fappening by the internet. I'm so sorry yep. to share that term. But, you know, this phenomenon went on for a while. People were so thrilled by it. It took over Reddit. It took over all social media. It was a thing. And the biggest thing was that everybody was looking at it. There was no talk about Morally, what should we do? Mm -hmm. And mind you, this is about two decades after that uh, celebrity sex tape era. So it's still really alive in us. But what I think is interesting is that over time, it's gone from sex tapes to nudes, to selfies even. Because in a way, we are all selling sex in a little bit of a, in a pretty different way now. But because the internet is so big and so accessible, there's other ways to do it on lower degrees. And so it feels a little bit more okay, (laughs) but it's really Mm -hmm. not.
2: Like, I think part of the reason why the celebrity sex tape exists when it does in the 90s and the in the 2000s is it's kind of like the medium is the message to bring in Marshall McLuhan, where it's like the camcorder was still new and still cool and people wanted to make use of their camcorders. Yeah. So people are recording things with them, right? Um, and, you know, no one has a camcorder anymore, right? Like <laughs> Exactly. I honestly... I honestly think that that's part of it. Right. When yes. a certain form of technology is new, you want to make use of that, right. which is why then, as you were pointing out, naked selfies became the thing and people were texting them to people and then leaks happened.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it means we there might be another element to this 10 years down the line and God knows what form that will take. But mm-hmm. what doesn't seem to change is our behaviors. We just never change. Such simple human beings. Now, what's most interesting about the celeb sex tape phenomenon is the way the men and women are treated time and time again. Sarah, you touched on this earlier, but I'd love to take a look at Pam's handling of her tape with Tommy. Here's a brief clip of her appearing on Watch What Happens Live with host Andy Cohen talking about it in 2015.
1: I was seven months pregnant with Dylan, and I was thinking it was affecting the pregnancy, the stress, and I said, I'm not going to court anymore, I'm not being deposed anymore by these horny, weird lawyer men, I don't want to talk about my vagina anymore, or public sex, anything, so, you know, it was stolen property, we never, either of us made anything from it, and it was stolen, and, you know, Bob Guccione tried to offer us millions of dollars, we said no, um, and it was already out at that time, damage was done, so we just said, no way, we're not getting involved in that.
0: So after Pam, who looks visibly exhausted and sounds that way, I think you can tell, she's not a fan of the subject. After she discusses the stress and the turmoil involved behind the tape and the way she was objectified during that time, Andy asks her if- You may plead the fifth or not. Uh, (laughs) Melissa
2: A wants to know, is Tommy Lee still the biggest penis you've ever seen?
1: Well, he's, no.
0: No? Now, listen, I love me some Watch What Happens Live, but this is a really great example of how Pam, as a woman, discussing an incredibly delicate subject that did not leave her at all unscathed is pretty much ignored in favor of the salaciousness which her image came to be defined by. And by the way, so was Tommy's, but there's an interesting distinction here. He's never been made to discuss the tape as much and for as long as Pam was. And whenever he did, it was almost always this riotous conversation, very bro in which he Mm -hmm. discussed the size of his dick and how cool it is that his mom and the rest of the world have seen it now, (laughs) that something tells me that's not what's ever been at the top of Pam's mind when it comes to this tape. But she, in turn, played along with the media in a certain sense to not come off as the humorless bitch answering Andy's (laughs) question. And I think what that means is that she really couldn't win. And I think she handled it perfectly, the best that she could. I don't really know how else she could have put a stop to it because that was still a period of time where, again, we consider that to be this amazing sex tape, practically a piece of celebrity art. People don't really think about how she actually feels about it. Nobody cares. Andy doesn't care. He just wants to know about the size of Tommy's dick, and I think that says everything. Now, this brings me to one of the next biggest sex tapes in celebrity history, Rob Lowe's. His is also one of the early ones. It came out in 1988, after he'd been in The Outsiders and St. Elmo's Fire, when he was just beginning his career and was already in teen magazines everywhere. The tape featured him and two women he'd met at a club the night of in Georgia, one of whom was underage, and only 16. Rob by the way was 24 at the time and he was the one filming match and with what appeared to be their cooperation now yeah. this is worth noting the age of consent in georgia was 14 at the time until 1995 when it was raised to 16 so both were of legal age to engage in sexual activity although 18 was the legal age to be involved in a recording like this one so whatever the law says though <laughs> is young 16 is a child still the tape was leaked and by the way we don't know by who but it did go directly to the press which suggests that somebody was interested in impacting his career in some way and while it did have some wondering if this would be the end of his career it really wasn't it actually catapulted him into stardom his name was everywhere and all of a sudden very bad publicity was very good publicity his next big film bad influence even followed a similar plot line seizing on the headlines. Now Rob did say he was not aware of the girl's age at the time of the act and he eventually managed to settle a lawsuit with her family and was never charged. And of course, as I said, his career only grew from there, with the tape being considered one of the best in the celebrity archive. Which is highly debatable, considering you'd essentially be watching child porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what Rob did was reprehensible and it would bury an individual today, but back then, it led to a massive career that's earned him Emmy and Golden Globe nominations and Roles on any show it seems he wants. He is a household name. My mom even knows who he is. I am really itching to hear your thoughts on this man, Sarah. Please share. I mean,
2: Roblo is exhausting, right? So yeah, you're absolutely right. What he did was reprehensible. The excuse I didn't know how young she was. Male celebrities need to stop saying that. Like yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not here for it. Uh. It is such a double standard that when men do these tapes, they're congratulated for them. They're kind of seen as like a scamp, right? And in many ways, Rob Lowe was seen as this adorable, mischievous, cutie pie, right? Like, in some ways, even though he was famous in part for the sex tape, he became a very wholesome celebrity. He got to be on the West Wing. That's so true, yeah. Well, he got to be on the West Wing. He got to be on Parks and Rec. Like, he was my grandmother's favorite celebrity. Like, my grandmother's favorite celebrity. Um, And she was a... God love her, a fairly prudish person. She was a, a woman of her time. But <laughs> anytime you mentioned Rob Lowe, she'd be like, oh, I like that handsome Rob Lowe. Like she literally only ever called him handsome Rob Lowe. Um, did he? Did she know what he did? Did she know his, his little- I'm assuming she crime. did. <laughs> Like, she wouldn't, have been, <laughs> she wouldn't have been that old when it happened. Like, I think she would have been with it enough True. that she would have known or someone would have told her. She was a big West Wing fan, so she watched him there. He was almost McDreamy on Grey's Anatomy. I mean, I, that yeah. role was offered to him first. And he's just consistently been incredibly successful on TV. I mean, even in the West Wing, in the pilot episode, it, they kind of nod towards his bad boy, but kind of like, adorable bad boy image that he had like in a pilot he's having a one night stand and he's running out on this woman in a way that's like very rude but played for laughs like oh that cutie he's so naughty right we're rooting for him right okay so true like boys will be boys nudge nudge wink wink is kind of the attitude of the West Wing. And I yeah. think that was the attitude that the media treated him with, right? I think we kind of just thought that like, oh, he's, you know, he's getting up to some mischief, but it's innocuous, it's all in good fun, and I'm sure those girls had a good time. And, you know, there was probably a lot of slut-shaming of the women in the video. Um, but Diablo, yeah. it is annoying and just so representative of the double standard in Hollywood that there were no repercussions and he still gets to be this considered this clean cut leading man like because you he really is portrayed as a very clean cut sort of wholesome all-american guy like he gets to play these roles where he's like the ex-football hero who's running for congress or he's a politician in indiana right like he (laughs) gets to be the super handsome guy next door (laughs) Uh, it's almost so yeah it's almost like he is you know how John Hamm always plays like the dark side of those roles right the dark yeah he gets to, like Rob Lowe gets to play the opposite he gets to play like the friendly happy side of the all-american
0: good-looking guy I love that those two are opposites you just wow that's doing a lot for me right now but <laughs> So you're so right. Um, Rob Lowe has been known for jumping from role to role to role just because he gets tired of being on those Mm -hmm. shows. And he's still also, even considering that, has an unbelievable reputation in Hollywood. And again, played a family man forever. By the way, loved him in Brothers and Sisters. Hated that I did love him in Brothers and Sisters. Great show. But he does have that thing. Such a great show. Please watch it. But he does have that charm. And I think that's something that we have to touch on because charm can get you very, very far, particularly if you are... a very attractive white male and for him it kind of solidified his stardom and it's what's kept him going that's what makes sarah's grandmother get so excited about seeing it. <laughs> and it's also the reason people kind of conveniently forgot that really terrible thing he did in 1988 now before we dive back into the smarmy villainy that is rob Lowe, this feels like a great time to take a quick shower or you know a break we'll be right back in the years after Lowe would often be patted on the back and joked with about the sex tape in magazines and radio interviews he even mocked it himself in appearances on Saturday Night Live one in particular one in 1981 that involved Dana Carvey's church lady who mock interviews him about his quote sensitive sex scandal and then spanks him in exchange for not discussing it
1: here we go Robbie Thank you, church lady. May I have another?
2: Thank you, church lady.
1: May I have another? Don't you ever, ever, ever do that again? Satan, Satan, get out of his buttocks. Satan, get out of his buttocks. Satan, Satan, leave his buttocks. Leave his buttocks. Satan, leave his buttocks. Don't, Don't you ever.
0: Very cringe, but a good example of the way he and all of the other actors who've been involved in similar scandals have been sexualized since. Still, he is allowed the room to spin what happened to him into something fun and for amusement. While we have no idea what the hell happened to the girls in the tape. I mean, imagine being in high school and having to live that down, your body everywhere, but nameless. It's horrific to think about. And as you said, Sarah, he's also since become somebody who has a family man image. So he really pivoted away over the years. Now, like Tommy Lee, he was given tons of props from media personalities over the years for the tape when the fact it involved an underage girl all but disappeared. It's what even lent him a sense of pride over the whole incident. While promoting a 2019 stage show that corresponded with his 2011 memoir, which was called Stories I Only Tell My Friends, Lowe said on the Jess Cagle show that he didn't regret what happened and it actually made his life better.
1: For anyone who doesn't know, 1988 was the sex tape scandal. I invented. It. Democrat- I invented. It. it was the night. You did invent the sex, tape, invent the sex yeah. tape. I invented it at the, at a time when now they're just everywhere. All, everybody yeah.
2: has one. But
0: that well, the, was, it well, was a.
2: And the problem was, I didn't make any money off of it like everybody does. Now. No, it's too yeah. stupid. No,
1: and it was a retroactively. You a big, should get, it was yeah. a big thing at the time. But you write very eloquently about it in your in your book. So well, it it's wondered. one of the reasons why I got sober. You
2: know, it's like I, I like woke up one day. I was like, What am I doing with my life? And you know, 29 years in you know i i don't like people talk about i go, i think it's the best thing that ever happened to me honestly i do cuz got me sober sober got me married been married 29 years and i've two great sons i don't think any of that happens without going through that that scandal
0: that's right he said it was the best thing that ever happened to him isn't that lucky uh-huh. and again i wonder what it accomplished for the young women involved and by the way i think it's so great that roblo is sober that's amazing but i think what that little anecdote tells us is that he really took advantage of those women in more ways than one. It's such an incredibly selfish thing to say. So myopic. And again, neither he nor Jess actually addressed why the sex tape was so problematic to begin with. So although in 2021, he would not have gotten away with making it, he is still getting away with not addressing it directly or really feeling any kind of remorse. Sir, can you believe those words came out of his mouth? Yeah, because of white male privilege and because the media
2: let him get away with this, right? I mean, there's no pushback in this interview. No one's saying like, it's child pornography no one's reminding him of the most disgusting aspect of this which yeah. is that there is a child in the tape whose life you know was definitely impacted by this that is a traumatic thing to have happened to anyone to have mm-hmm. a, a tape release that you don't consent to but a child in particular i mean he talks about how he laments not having the money from the sex tape what about the women who were in it. I mean, yeah. he's still a wealthy man. Like that wouldn't have materially changed his life in a meaningful way. He's rich. He would have been even richer, but he's still a wealthy guy. They might have actually stood to benefit from, you know, some material compensation for the pain that they went through. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying that that would have made up for what they went through, but those are the people who we really should feel bad for about not having been compensated
0: for this tape. It was really embarrassing for Rob Lowe, but I don't think he really cared because he's He sold more copies of his books. He got more people to attend his show. And he's pretty much told us that he really doesn't give a shit about what happened. (laughs) So... Let's now cut to 2003, when Paris Hilton's sex tape was leaked. It featured her at 19 years old with her boyfriend of the time, 34-year-old poker player Rick Salomon. He is the one who actually leaked the tape himself, despite Paris not wanting it in the world, and he even sold it for about $50 a pop online. I mean, my God. He eventually sold it to a video company, but also would years later file a string of lawsuits, starting with that company that he sold it to, as well. As Paris Hilton's family, whom he sued for $10 million, claiming that they, quote, falsely accused him of making the video without her consent. That's a that's a tight one. Now, her story is very similar to her friend Kim Kardashian's, which you brought up earlier, Sarah. She was slut-shamed for it relentlessly. Media figures would mock her in a way where they weren't patting her on the back like they did Rob. She sued the company that distributed the tape for $30 million, though the lawsuit was eventually thrown out. So, although it was reported that she received a cut, she denied this, calling it, quote, dirty money. At the time, it completely tore down her already ill reputed image, spinning her from superficial party girl into air-headed fame whore. She said she didn't leave her home for months and was depressed, humiliated, and at times suicidal. In a great interview with Vanity Fair's podcast just this past April, she opened up more than she ever has before about the whole incident, saying it would hurt her the rest of her life, has always been in the back of her mind, and experiencing mockery for on nightly talk shows and daily media was heartbreaking. Here's
1: a clip. When it happened, it was just people were so mean about it to me and just the way that I was spoken about just on all the nightly talk shows and all the media and just every day having to see things and with my family was just heartbreaking where I would be in tears every single day. I didn't want to leave my house, didn't want to show my face. I just felt like my life was over and I always had looked up to just these amazing women, like. Princess Diana and I just felt like when he did that to me took that all away from me and people would never look at me the same obviously it was humiliating that's a private experience between two people you think that you love someone and you trust them and to have your trust betrayed like that and for the whole world to be watching and laughing and even more hurtful to me for people to think that I did that on purpose.
0: First of all, what a powerful conversation, and I encourage listening to the whole thing, but to hear Paris discuss that moment in a way I don't think would have connected with people back when it all happened is really something. She, like Pam, was written off as a kind of puppet for many, many years, someone who could be objectified and mocked with there being no consequences because supposedly their comedic, sexualized images leaned into that. That, of course, is not true. And 17 years later, she's still dealing with the PTSD. So so much of this strikes me as what we call today revenge porn, which Uh is what happens when scorned lovers, let's call them, non-consensually distribute pornography featuring their partners in an act of bitter vengeance. Do you think that's fair to say? Can we call this revenge porn?
2: Yeah, and I think that these videos would be labeled as revenge porn today. We also are having a conversation about how when women are sexually violated, you should believe them. That does not mean that everyone in the mainstream media would believe, say, a Paris or a Kim, that these videos were leaked without their consent. But I think you would have more voices defending them, you would have more feminist critiques of what their partners did to them you would have people discussing this as revenge porn. And at the time that these tapes came out, there was just no pushback. There was just a stream of slut streaming and everyone acted like, oh, they're exhibitionists who deserve this. And the truth is like, there's nothing wrong with being an exhibitionist, but um, that's not what this was. It wasn't a case of people wanting their tapes out there and wanting to become famous off them. I do believe both these women that this was somebody taking these private moments and without their consent, releasing it to their public so they could profit. And partners do abusive things all the time. We know the statistics. It is very common for women to be in abusive relationships. Um, and I think that it is much easier for me personally to believe that these two young women, as they were very young at the time, got into abusive relationships where partners um, didn't treat them right and therefore released these videos as revenge porn than it is for me to believe that they're lying about that. I I don't necessarily think they even could have known how much these tapes would have helped their careers. Certainly, Paris, I I don't think would have known. This was at a time when I, I don't think that it would have been obvious at all. We didn't have enough data on sex tapes at the time to know that it could take you from being relatively unknown, just a socialite, to being a superstar. So I, I think anybody who believes that she was that cunning, that she predicted this, like, I think she's a smart person but i don't think she's psychic so i don't think that this was part of her you know her media strategy
0: no and by the way i think it would have been so simple at the time to just take a look at the situation see it for what it was the fact that rick was selling it for 50 dollars a pop online and distributed it himself the fact that she never wanted to talk about it the fact that she was obviously suffering from it nobody even thought to ask her about that and then if, even if they did she was so dehumanized by that point because of her image that it didn't even matter people didn't even see her as somebody who might have feelings, same way that Pamela is talking about even being pregnant at the time and not being able to handle the stress. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody even considered that that might be an issue. It's so strange to me how the women are written off in that way. It's mind boggling. And by the way, Paris, who has since also come out with her own documentary in the last year, which is really great. And I just I, I watching it because she not only opens up about suffering from PTSD and depression and anxiety, but also the abuse she faced when she was younger, when she went to a disciplinary school, there's much there and i think these are the things that we forget when these people become celebrities and they become just faces that we see on the red carpet or like stepping out of kits in Mm an la or whatever there's a reason that they are the way that they are and it just takes a little bit more consideration and for like some empathy for god's sake
2: absolutely and like in kim's case i mean as is True for Paris, it's still haunting her. I mean, Ray J released a song called I Hit It First, where Ugh. a woman who looks exactly like Kim in the video is the object of his affection. And he's basically describing Kim. Um, and in press interviews, he was really gross. Like people would ask him if it was about Kim, and he'd be like, nudge nudge wink wink I can't confirm or deny and he clearly was trying to capitalize off the fact that she was now world famous and that's the song it's literally called I hit it first and the hook is (laughs) I hit it 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 first so it's just (laughs) it's it's objectifying her in this really extreme way it almost sounds like a parody like it almost doesn't seem real the video and the song um it's absurd so like Honestly, the humiliation these women have endured for now decades is is pretty horrific. Yeah.
0: And I think in talking about all of this, it should change the way that anybody might be consuming any of this content still. I know some of you are sitting there making notes about which tape you want to check out. Just think about all of this before you do it. I think it will alter your viewing experience. Now, of course, the Celebrity Sex Tape phenomenon is not a new one, but what's always been worth assessing is why, as we've discussed, when it comes to male stars, their tapes seem to serve more so as fuel for their fire, as a kind of props to their manhood, something exciting and fun. But when it comes to female stars, the only rhetoric is slut-shaming, accusations of profiting off of their bodies. It's hard to believe Paris would be treated any differently today, but Rob certainly wouldn't have gotten away with filming a sex tape with an underage girl. So clearly we have a lot of work to do, but I think we can thank the Me Too movement of the last few years because that's also the span of time. I mean, that Rob Lowe interview came out during then. So when everybody started to pull out and say, hey, what about the fact that she was underage? That only became a discussion after Me Too. And that tape happened in 1988. So we have to think about that. People can still be held to account for the things that they've done, but we have to actually make a conversation about it to bring it to light. Yeah. Um, now, while sex tapes have become less of a path to stardom, intentionally or not, Thank <laughs> you. Revenge porn still very much exists, and after that nude selfie dump, and with the internet being alive and oh so well, these sorts of tactics will never die. Just think about David Joseph, who was the president of California-based Red Light District, a video company that, I'm sorry to say, hit it very big when he was the one who negotiated the rights to Paris and Rick's tape from Rick. He built his career on Paris's sex tape and those of others, and in a 2006 New York Times piece proudly discussed his strategies in securing these tapes and battling it out with celebs. Towards the end of the story, which is worth a read, he boasts about trying to hunt down his next celebrity sex tape, smiling mischievously and saying, quote, it's a girl and she's in the music business. Needless to say, that could have been anyone, but it also goes to show how the other individuals in this entire process operate too completely greasy at each step the subject is being taken advantage of and utterly dehumanized and it is more often than not the women involved who are taking the biggest hit in ways that leave lasting damage even when it comes to things as trivial as sex tapes so you know think twice before you hit play next time and ask everyone involved before you hit record this brings us to our final segment, Hindsight is 2021, where we choose the one moment that we might have handled differently if we were the subject of the story. I shouldn't have done that. Sarah, what would that be for you?
2: Well, if I were Rob Lowe, I wouldn't have slept with a 16-year-old. And if I... Somehow, heads left with a sixteen-year-old, which I would not have done. Um, I would have cared more about her and not just gone on this interview talking about how great the sex tape was for my career. Um, he needs to check his white male privilege.
0: Yeah. 100%. And I would I would just like to continue adding every late night host to my hit list because I remember the way Paris, Kim and Pam and all those women were ridiculed night after night for these tapes when they weren't able to have a choice or voice in the matter. It takes such little empathy and media literacy to understand what's happening here. And by the way, here's a simple tactic. Just ask yourself, how old are those parties involved? Check IDs for God's mm-hmm. sake, especially mm-hmm. if you are a celebrity. Um, now, These women deserved so much more. And it makes me want to gag thinking about how Paris is suffering from PTSD and is still so hurt by what happened. While worms like Ray J and Rick Salomon are sitting around proudly collecting checks. Get a job, gentlemen. Also, (laughs) I despise Rob Lowe, who seems to have all the jobs in the world somehow. Mm -hmm. I already Mm -hmm. hated him for leaving brothers and sisters too soon. And now this In the words of the great Omarosa, yet another woman unfairly maligned by the media, by the way, Uh he is a very good example of someone who gets to walk around and be mediocre and never answer to a damn thing. That permanent smirk on his face, we, the media, the audience, the fans, we all put it there. And that brings us to the end of this episode. In our next one, we will be talking all things Gucci and murder. Yeah, please be wearing your best Italian wares. Now, if you want to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter at underscore snafison. Sarah, where can our listeners find you?
2: Listeners can find me at Sarah Sahagian. And if you liked this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so other listeners can find us too. Thanks for listening.